Megan, welcome to Live Your Life with Purpose podcast. I'm super excited. We've never met before other than uh, today's our first meeting, but um, somebody that I respect and have a lot of admiration for wrote some amazing words uh, about you. And, and after reading that, I was like, Megan, somebody that I need on the podcast. And so we connected and I'm certainly glad uh, that we have the opportunity to talk. Um, and so you were just saying, you know, Crystal, somebody that you admire as well. How has, uh, you know, uh, and I know she does a lot of work with, uh, you know, with, with Bay Path. So how has uh, your um, kind of interaction with her, you know, helped you? Well, thank you so much for having me, Scott. I'm so excited um, to have this discussion with you. Yeah. And Crystal has just been a constant source of inspiration at Bay Path for everyone, I think. My sophomore year, uh, she invited me to a dinner at Girls Inc. Um, they were having a little charity event. And I guess at first she thought I was a staff member when she invited me because I had been working with a strategic alliances and the Women's Leadership Conference. <laughs> um, but no, I was in my second year of college. And after that, we just worked together on different projects, um, different things with the Career Center. And mm. I think Crystal has just proved to everyone that you can have a full-time job, the nine to five, and also be an author. You can also be a poet. She does all these things at once. So I've really been inspired by her to just know that whatever career I end up in, I don't just have to do that. I can do mm. so many other things too. So. Well, that, yeah, and, and Crystal's a great example of, I'm sure, and I don't know this because we didn't have that conversation, but you know, the more that you do for yourself that fuels, you know, your flame inside that fuels your passions and your purpose, you know, you get energy from doing those things versus having them drain your energy and feeling tired. And so, you know, if sitting down and writing a novel uh, every day seems like daunting, it is going to be, but you know, you, what else would you be doing? And, you know, and so it's like, okay, if you dedicate an hour a day, maybe half an hour a day, whatever it is, you know, a few months down the road, you're going to have uh, some semblance of some great work that you didn't have before. So it's an amazing thing to just create. And I think that that's really where we can have fun with passions and purpose and things that drive us um, so that, you know, um, we stay energized. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like once the pandemic began, I was back at home. I was like, wow, I have all this free time that I didn't think, feel like I had before. So yeah. I was just discovering new things that I loved and reading more. Just, I used to love reading when I was younger, but when you're in college, <laughs> you're reading textbooks. <laughs> you have enough to read. Yeah, you don't want to do it for enjoyment. <laughs> I know, right? So finally I got to do it for enjoyment again, which was so nice. Um, and, you know, I just started painting again and just all these different things oh, that I had done when I was younger that I, you kind of just chalk it up to being, oh, well, now I'm an adult. I don't get to do those things anymore, but no, you can. And it, it's awesome to explore all that. And you, sh and you should, uh, and, and, you know, the funny thing that as kids, right, we do all of these different things and explore all of these different areas to see what we like. But why do we lose that as adults? <laughs> like, why do we stop like, oh, maybe I want to do that. And, you know, but a lot of times if you don't have anything that gives you enjoyment or gives you some passion, then, you know, you come home from work and you're exhausted and you feel like you need to decompress and to take a break and to let everything go. But that's not 
fun. That doesn't make us feel, you know, good. It's oh. good to, it's good to keep moving. It's good to keep yeah. doing all of these things for yourself. Right. And it's just a matter of people talk about self-care. And I think that this is where, um, we lose sight of that because self-care doesn't have to be going to the gym. Self-care can mean 30 minutes of reading a book. Self-care can mean 30 minutes of, you know, painting. It can mean so many things to so many different people as it should. Um, but that's what it is. Things that just give you enjoyment. So I love yeah. that. I feel like the standard of self-care like is really low sometimes because sometimes people are like, oh, self-care, take a bath. And that is great. But it's more than just the things that we should already be doing for ourselves. It's like mm -hmm. extending that, doing things that we want to do that make us thrive. So, well, and it's like, do you have a hobby? Yeah. And if you, and if you, and if you say no, then, you know, that's something that you should find. Like we should all have hobbies of things that, you know, maybe it's woodworking, maybe it's whatever, but we should all have a hobby of things that we enjoy for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no need to lose that. But so, you know, I really, I'm very interested in talking about obviously your college career, not only were you very, very active and, and did a lot of things. And I think, you know, uh, finding some of your own purpose and passion, you know, and, and maintaining that, but also being a student through COVID and, 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 and being a college student like that, you know, what, what was this whole experience like for you? Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, I just, I will, I was expecting for us to go on a three week break, like the school said, and then all of a sudden we were home for months. Um, now, is it, was this your senior year? Was it your, what? So I was in my junior year when COVID started and now gotcha. you're, I'm, you're, I'm finished you're, up. So I'm graduating in a few days. Oh, congratulations. Um, That's amazing. That's you. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, during my junior year, when it all shut down, it was like, I was on spring break in Arizona when we heard about it. So I was like, okay, whatever, this will be fine. I'll go home for a bit. But for me, remote learning at the time when it started was really nice because it gave me a chance to finally slow down. Mm. I've been very go, go, go um, my sophomore and junior years because I took time off from school my second semester freshman year when my brother passed away, mm. but already kind of had an interruption to my education. Um, and after that, I was trying to do as many courses as I could and an extracurricular so I could graduate on time. So the pandemic was almost a blessing in disguise because it forced me to slow down and spend time with myself and just relax. <laughs> um, and once classes ended, COVID was strange because I was thinking, okay, what do I have to do? Um, but then when we started up like my senior year, I was getting a little bit tired of the remote learning. It is hard. You have to really motivate yourself to get on your computer for sometimes six to seven hours a day. Mm, and sometimes three yeah. of those hours might be on Zoom. I had one class that was a three-hour class. Thankfully, we had a 15-minute break, but I was on camera for almost three hours just for that one course. So, which is, I, which is a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really is yeah. a lot. I mean, it's necessary. That's how you, you know, the the you know the class you would have been sitting in class, you know, and doing all of that. So yeah. it's just it's necessary. Um, but it's also hard to pay attention, right? Like it's hard to look at a screen for three hours and absorb like you would interacting in a classroom. So it's, and if you were professor, um, wasn't comfortable with zoom, it could have been even worse. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> you, you hard. Know? And I understood the professors. Like, I mean, I, I never used zoom except for webinars, you know, yeah. um, for my work, but 
I'd never used Zoom like for meetings until the pandemic began. So I understood we're all figuring out this technology. We're all learning every day. But I think for me, the thing that made me pay attention the most in classes, if the professor would make a joke or another student would make a joke, if we could all laugh together, that would get us all paying attention. Mm. We're all in the lesson. So I think that was, you know, one of the best parts about the Zooms. And we could laugh about, oh, you know, remote learning or um, someone's child would run into the Zoom and, and different things we would enjoy. So that That's would kind of keep me motivated a little bit. But I would definitely like I would not be able to sit in my bed and do Zoom or else I would be falling asleep. You know? Well, and, 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 and so there's another, you know, kind of great example. So yeah. we're all working from home and, and even just for myself, it's my wife and I, but, you know, we don't both have an office in our house. And so it's like, how do you make space? Who's working in the dining room? You said, you know, uh, laying on your, you know, sitting in your bed, you know, being on Zoom for three hours, isn't the most comfortable best environment for you to be doing that just in general and so it's a it's a it's, it's a tricky situation that um you know had to all come together but it's difficult yeah I think it's hard and especially for the months that I was living at home my parents had to get used to the fact that I might be on a call um so even if my door is not completely closed you can't really just walk in and say hi <laughs> so we all had to learn to respect each other's space. Um, and then when yeah. I moved into the dorm, even then there's neighbors knocking on your door and you're like, oh, I'm in the middle of class. So mm -hmm. it's hard because, yeah, it feels a little more private because you're always in your own space during class. But then it's also not private because there's people around you coming in. So I did really miss the in-person classroom setting. Um, but I do think it was nice at the beginning of the pandemic to get that little break. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard, um, but I think I've adjusted to it. I think for me, a hybrid model is like the optimal thing. Mm. I would love a hybrid model for work or school. So yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a, it's it's nice to have the interaction, um, you know, with face to face with people. Um, but sometimes you can just get so much more done when you know you're not always interrupted, and you can you know work from home and 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 you know, save some commute time, save some time here. So there is a lot of benefit to, you know, uh, to this, which is, I, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I know there's a lot of work in order to get there. Um, but no, so even during the pandemic, there's a couple of things that I obviously want to talk about, um, you know, during the college career, but mental health for you during the pandemic and through college, you know, how did, did that affect you at all? Did it affect your space, you know, and, and, and how did you maybe handle that? Yeah, I, I, I would say at the beginning of the pandemic, I definitely had a different type of anxiety that I had never had before. And I think we were all experiencing it. So that's what helped me the most was finding other people that felt the same way as me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm watching the news every night because I want to keep up to date and know what's happening. But I've learned for myself, for my mental health, I can't watch. It's not good for you all the time, no. right? <laughs> no, especially when it was an election year on top of the pandemic. So I was like, I yeah. can't watch more than like 20 minutes of news a day. I can't even watch like a whole hour depending on what the content is. Um, and I feel like when it, last year, it was like always another special report interrupting even a fun entertainment news show, you know? So yeah. it was always something negative coming in. Um, so for me, I really tried to just back away from that. Um, and just sometimes just like maybe for a whole day, don't look at the news. And yeah, you might miss something, 
But I think even with social media, we always want to keep up to date, but we also have to be okay with missing something. Like mm-hmm. it is fine to not know what's going on for a few days. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely had to deal with that. Um, but I was glad that there's other people that were experiencing it and people were being open about their mental health more than they were in the past. So I think that was really helpful. Yeah. I think one of the great things that are going to come from this, I think is just more and more topics on mental health and conversations and all of this, because, you know, the more that we're able to talk about things, then the more we can heal from them. I was just, you know, I had a conversation with somebody, um, you know, we all have different traumas. And so sometimes, you know, when we just leave those traumas inside and never have conversations about them, then, you know, they're always going to be with us. But if, if, if we just kind of push it down and never deal with it, then we're always dealing with some effect of it versus just having conversations and then just being on a path to kind of what you want and not letting this trauma define you such as you know um we both experienced loss we were just talking about the fact that i've lost my you know both of my parents at early Mm -hmm. ages and you know you've lost a a grandparent and a brother um you know and so uh, how i mean during college to lose a sibling has got to be such a horrible experience but then to then pick up and be like okay well i'm going back to school so I, i mean how was that whole transition for you and, and, and how did you, you know, just, I wouldn't imagine even find some of the will to then say, I want to go back to school because my senior year, I know that like, I didn't want to go to college because it happened in my senior year of high school. And I was just like, I went to college my first semester uh, that first day. And I was like, Nope, I I'm withdrawing and, and this isn't for me right now. Yeah. So for me, it was definitely difficult. I was, Um, it was February of my freshman year, my brother passed away and he did pass by suicide. So for me, thank you. Thank you. But I'm, I'm really open now to sharing that just because like we were talking about the mental health, we need to share that it happens. We need to talk about it. So for me at the time, it was interesting because I was a psychology major and, you know, I remember the day you passed away, I even said, I don't even know how I'm going to do psychology anymore. But I pushed yeah. it to the back of my mind. I took the rest of the semester off, did some summer classes, and I went back in the fall, full steam ahead into all these psychology courses. And thankfully, a lot of my friends, my main support group were in these courses with me, um, but they helped me realize that this was not gonna be the career path for me, not just because of what had happened with my brother, but it just wasn't gonna be what I was passionate about. And I decided to switch to being a professional writing major. Hmm. So you know, in a weird way, my brother passing away kind of helped me decide what the right path was for me. And it helped me find other purposes in my life. Um, That first semester, I did the out of the darkness walk, which um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention does all over the country. And Mm -hmm. we raised like $1,700. Fantastic. So that was something at that time, that's something that gave me purpose. Um, My first semester going back, something else I could focus on outside of school. But that was really difficult going back and you're around people and you don't realize how common it is that people ask you when you meet them, oh, do you have any siblings? Mm. It's pretty, it's a common question when you're getting to know someone. Um, And I don't, I'm not mad at anyone for asking, but in the beginning, it's hard, you know, so, and he was like, yeah, like all of a sudden you, you know, it's like, yeah. 
you get to share when you want to share, but now you're put into a situation where you're meeting people. And at your age, that's one of the, when you get older, it's like, well, what do you do for work? And it's just like, well, why am I defined by what do I do for work? Like, can't we just talk about something else versus what I do for work? And and so that's just where, um, yeah, some of those people don't know what to say. So it's just like, oh, well, you know, how do you have, you know, like how many siblings, but for you in this, very raw state uh, you know it's like bringing that up and it's like I don't want to talk about this right now yeah at the the time when it first started it was hard and sometimes then they ask oh how did they pass because I even had one person ask me oh was he older or younger and he was younger he was 15 so it is hard to say that because when you reveal to someone that a 15 year old has passed away it's very like jarring to them like mm. okay something and then it's like happened oh what there. happened you and know, it kind of was... reveals to them okay something went wrong like car accident drug overdose suicide those are the three things that you would think would happen you know so and i sometimes i tell people if i feel comfortable if it comes up in conversation and sometimes i don't tell them how it just depends but now i'm more comfortable than i was back then but i feel like even for you you probably have people ask oh what do your parents do and you couldn't you know always (laughs) be able to give them that answer so it is and it's such a it's such a weird feeling to then like feel like you have to explain something you know and 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 people don't know and it's not like any fault of 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 anybody's other than the fact that we should all be cognizant of the fact of in any point in anybody's life we just have no idea what they're going through and so somebody there's three stages. I'm, I'm a firm believer that we were either coming out of adversity, heading into adversity, or we're in the middle of adversity. Yeah. Like there's always something that we're going to have to deal with in life and nobody gets out unscathed. Um, and it's different for everybody, but we all have something that we have to work through. And so if we were just a little bit kinder to each other, it'd be a lot easier. Oh, for sure. And I, <laughs> I learned that through college, like everyone in my friend group, we've all got our different things. And when I first came back to school, everyone was very sensitive around me. Like everyone would always say, oh, well, I just don't know. You know, I'm not as strong as you. I'm not, you know, I haven't experienced, you know, anything as bad as you, but then they would have experienced something that was difficult for them in their childhood that I didn't. So I feel like there's really no comparison of trauma. Everyone's got their own stuff going on you know, you never know, like you said, what someone's gone through or what they're going to go through. I never expected I was, I would have gone through two big losses in my life throughout college. I mean, I just, I did not expect that at all. So you just really never know. And I feel like there's no way to compare, but the best we can all do is just like be sensitive to each other. And if we ask a question that upsets someone, just, you know, respond nicely, be calm. Don't push with the questions, I think is what you and I were discussing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it really is. And uh, um, again, just, you know, help and support, uh, you know, and, and and that's all people need is just a little bit of support at times uh, to understand, hey, listen, it's just not something I want to talk about right now. Okay, not a problem. You know what I mean? And, 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 and not necessarily press situations for people and just understand people's boundaries, because, uh, you know, you don't always know, but if we're comfortable to say, you know, um, you know, something to align the lines. And maybe there's a day that you don't even want to talk about it right now. You're just like, yeah. Hey, you know, yes. Uh, I have a brother. Uh, I just, I don't feel like talking about things right now. Uh, just please respect that. You know, however, however we say that, you know, um, yeah. you know, it just, it allows for, um, again, 
just understanding where we are and what we want to do. Yeah, that's the thing with grieving too. Like it never ends. It's going to be a, a cycle that I'm going through for the rest of my life that we all go through and we grieve different things like divorce has grieving, all these different things. So, you know, some days like the other day, my mom, you know, mentioned my grandma and it just made me cry in that moment. But other days I might be able to have a full conversation about her and be laughing and smiling. So it just depends where you're at. And I think we, we're all grieving different things in our lives. So mm-hmm. just understanding mm-hmm. that of each other is really important. Yeah. There's not a day that goes by that I don't miss my mom and dad. I have pictures of them, you know, as I'm sitting here, you know, having this, I'm looking at pictures of my mom and my dad and, you know, they bring me joy. They bring me happiness, but there are times that, you know, I'm super sad and I'm an emotional person anyway, because, you know, I could be watching a Hallmark commercial and, (laughs) you know, I start to tear up and my wife is like, are you crying and it's just like you know it got me yeah. like what can I say I, I I have a lot of empathy and so I take on a lot of different emotions and those things aren't ever going to go away and nor should they I, I don't want them to but I understand how to deal with that grief now and I think that that's just where for me therapy has helped um, oh, sharing yeah. my story and just talking about things just helps, right? So the more that we can just have conversations and share things when we want to, um, it allows for that, you know, just kind of healing to to take place. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so glad that therapy is becoming a little more normalized, especially through the pandemic, because I mean, I, I like put myself in therapy, like as soon as I could, I had a therapist for the summer after my brother passed. And then when I got to school, I started with a new therapist in that area and I've been with her ever since and it was hard it's scary when you're especially when you're going in person you're going into this office thinking okay this person's going to learn a lot about me more than most people know you're going to tell them your inner thoughts that you're afraid to tell other people but after that first session if you form a bond with a therapist it's so worth it it is one of the best things you can do for yourself and I'm, I'm going to continue with therapy as long as I feel like I don't go every week anymore. I've yeah. Got- well, and that's the thing you can, you can, you can adjust it. And yeah. as you, as you move, but it's, it's, a, there's an amazing experience being able to talk to somebody that you don't know that has your best interest at heart and, you know, wants to just give you an unbiased opinion. Now I have talked to a lot of people that have had not so great experiences with therapy. And so just like anything else, it's a matter of finding the best fit for you, right? Like, yeah. and so if something doesn't feel right and, and you're not connecting with somebody, try a new person. And it's as simple as that. Uh, don't give up on the process. Just, you know, find the person that you connect with that you can um, uh, uh, get the best results from. Exactly. Even the other day, my therapist told me that one of her clients told her, Hey, I feel like we've reached a block and I'm going to seek out another therapist now. I feel like I would need a different type of therapy almost. So it could even be the type of conversation you're having where some people need, you know, CBT or, or more intensive therapies. So just yeah. it, there's no shame in telling someone that you're seeing like either a doctor too. If you feel like your doctor's not paying enough attention to you or in the way you mm-hmm. need, it's okay to say, I'm going to someone else. Like you have to advocate for yourself, which I feel like we're all afraid to step on people's toes or to change. Well, they're the doctor and they know best. No, bullshit. Yeah. No. You, you know own your body. You know best. Yeah, you, know <laughs> you know when you're not like being treated correctly or, or when you're not getting the most out of things. So yeah, you have yeah. to advocate, which it is hard. But I think a lot of people are starting to realize that, especially through the pandemic, like 
you have to advocate for your own health care, especially mm-hmm. in a country where we don't have universal health care. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so did finding, did joining kind of that walk and raising money and doing, I know when I joined the Alzheimer's walk um, uh, after my mother was first diagnosed, it brought a sense of community to me that I I didn't feel so alone. Um, Even though throughout this process, it was a very lonely type of uh, experience, but it helped to know that there were that there was a community for me and I got involved in that community. Did that happen for you? Yeah, I really enjoyed seeing people from my life that I didn't expect come to the walk and be on our team. Mm. The people that maybe I wasn't even that close to or my brother's friends that like I hadn't seen in years and they came and my mom's friends and it was just amazing to see everyone come together. And there's a picture of a gr- our, our group from that day. Mm. And I haven't seen some of those people since that day, but it still means so much to know that they came. Yeah. Um, and even some of my new friends, cause I was still only a year into college at that point and a bunch mm-hmm. of my college friends came. So for me, I found community knowing like the people that are in my life, like the ones that want to support me. Um, I was in different support groups on Facebook um, in that first year just people sharing their stories of sibling loss, um, specifically siblings that have passed by suicide, because it's a very specific, you know, group of people in there. Um, And that did help me in the beginning, but I decided to leave the group later on thinking, okay, I just don't want to be in this group anymore. It served me well at the time, but I felt like I just wanted to move on and not see those stories every day because I think- Well, because then it can start to have the reverse effect, right? It 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 can, yeah. It did, it really did because- I mean, people join the group sometimes within a week of their loved one passing. So they're coming in there really intense, really emotional, which I understand. But I was thinking, wow, I can't keep going back to this place every day and seeing this. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can always pop in there from time to time if I want, but I just don't go in there often. So, yeah, I didn't end up making any like necessarily friends through that walk that I didn't already know, but it sure, was but nice just being there and seeing all the people that came out. It was, it was a really big event. And I just wasn't expecting that because yeah, yeah we're, I'm from Connecticut. So I was thinking, okay, like I guess there'll be a few people, but it was a lot. And the teams were big and the people running it were just so kind and empathetic. So I definitely would like to do more with them in the future. Um, and who knows, maybe one day start my own organization or something like that. You never but, know, right? Yeah, in, but, in, and that's the thing, like, you'll never know where things kind of lead in the future. But, you know, uh, um, having some of that purpose and passion behind you, it's just like, okay, well, what do I want to do with it? And I think that that's the fun thing about it is, is that, you know, whatever feels good, you yeah. can say, oh, let's, let's try this. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, and so I also really want to talk about, you know, kind of what led us and me to, you know, kind of uh, want to have these conversations with you is that you throughout college have identified and, 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 and seem to be following, you know, your passion and your purpose at, at a young age. And so how has that evolved from you and, and for you? And where do you want to take that for yourself? Yeah. Well, my original like career goal was be- to be a school psychologist. So yeah. clearly that has shifted now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in terms of like career stuff, I, I'd love to be an English professor because in my role as a peer mentor for the WELL program at Bay Path University, I was able to 
just realized I really like being in a classroom and helping students find the resources that they need to succeed. But then I also love writing and reading. So I figured I'd try to combine the two and be an English professor. Um, but no matter what, I just really love being in the college environment because I feel like for me, the past four years have been the most like difficult, but transformative and amazing years. Um, it's weird to say that because I've had two, two people that I've lost that were really close to me, but yeah. I experienced so many moments of joy in between those losses. Um, and I feel like your joy is heightened after you've had those intense times of loss because you're just so grateful for every moment. So I really just want to help other students that maybe have kind of gone through different things and they're trying to figure out their passion. You know, if they're in my class, if I'm teaching English class, but they're going to be more into business or accounting, I want to encourage them to pursue that field, you know, whatever they want to do. So that's where I'm currently at. I just want to work with other people that are the age that I'm at right now. Um, but we'll see where it takes me. And like, like I said earlier, in terms of like what Crystal does, I'd love to, you know, write a book someday and um, publish different essays and, and different things. So I'd love to do that on the side as well. Yeah. And she's an amazing mentor to just have all of that. When I was interested in writing my first book, she certainly took time to say, well, you know, here's a process to kind of, uh, begin that journey. And so, um, I applaud and commend you for, you know, wanting to give back, especially now identifying to, to a group of individuals, right? Like students that are so impressionable and it's such a, an impressionable time in your life to then be a mentor, be a role model and, and, and want to help this group of, of, of people through this period in their life. And so thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you. I know a, I think it'll be awesome. And who knows, who knows what will happen? I always say that I'm like, this is my current goal, but things could change, you know? Yeah. And so how did, how did you get to this kind of place where it's like, okay, well, I want to follow these things that I have passion for, because there's a lot of people that have, and I, and, and sometimes identify those passions, but really don't do much with it or don't follow it. And so how right. has, how has that you know, been a process for you to, to say, okay, let me do more of this. Yeah. I think, you know, I think about my brother and I'm like, okay, what would he want me to be doing? Like he'd want me to be enjoying myself. Um, so I want to enjoy my life as much as possible, not just go to a job nine to five. I know personally, like, um, my dad has been in the same job since he was 16 and he's learned a lot of that job and he's developed his skills. But I think for me, I'm the, more the type of person that might want to, you know, do different things. And mm -hmm. sometimes he, he said the same thing. Like sometimes he wishes he could have done different things. So I definitely want to like, just, you know, every five years or whatever, check in with myself. Is this what I want to do still? Um, so I just definitely want to. Why even that. wait five years, you know, like exactly, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a process of, of, of really like always having that future identification of what we want and then making sure that what we're doing today leads us in that direction and if ever that wants to change because it doesn't feel good you know we get to move in a different direction because really what i find is that a lot of times i i think about something that maybe sparks a, an interest and then i figure out okay well how am i going to incorporate that into my routine and my days and my weeks and then it's like okay well i start to do that but i don't really enjoy it 
And so is this something that I truly want? And so, you know, there's always kind of that fun and exploration. And I think that that's what we need to continue to do as adults is to, is to have fun exploring new boundaries and new places for ourselves so that, you know, we don't look back because, and it's funny, I just posted something the other day because, you know, I'm sure that your dad doesn't have regret, but also there's a little regret like, okay, well, I could have done something differently or maybe I could have pushed or explored something more for myself. But, you know, we also, and I think that especially an older generation for myself, um, you know, and probably for your father where we kind of grew up and, and our parents, you know, you get a good job and you do good work and you have a nice life. Exactly. It's like, okay, you're set by the time you're this age is what you're going to do. And I think he was in that mindset and like, just my mom was in college and he, like when they were younger, they got married when they were 21. Yeah. Same with my parents. Yeah. College and working and they didn't have me till they were in their, they were 30. So they like, you know, made sure their life was set up and they got everything done, which was great. But I think they're both, they both look back and they're like, oh, I could have done this when I was younger. I could have done that. And I think every adult in my life has basically given me that advice indirectly when I hear them say, oh, I wish I did this. So it's almost them saying, do what you want to do. In, in other words, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, part of the reason why I started this podcast is so that people can understand that ordinary people can do extraordinary things that, you know, just because we see people on TV doesn't mean that there isn't people out there every day doing exactly what they want. And we all have that ability to do exactly what we want. And it's just a matter of, you know, getting the tools and, you know, driving your own bus. Exactly. And I always say, like, it's never too late to do anything. Like, I know Baypath has the American Women's College section. So they have, you know, women that are maybe in their 40s, 50s, moms, and they're going back to school for the first time in like 20 or 30 years. And I just think that's amazing. It just shows, it doesn't matter what age you're at, even with my mom and dad, they could do something new. They could change their careers tomorrow, whatever they want. Um, it's, it's always possible to do something different. So I it always is. try to keep that in mind. It is excellent. Excellent. Megan, you know, you are an inspiration and a role model to a lot of people just through the actions and your attitude. So thank you for all of that. It's, uh, it's, it's refreshing. Um, and it's, uh, and it's great to hear. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to have this discussion and I hope it helps someone that listens. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And so congratulations on, you know, your graduation. And, uh, so how does that look? Is, are you, how, how is graduation for you guys? I know my wife works at WNE and they're doing a virtual commencement. Uh, what are you guys doing? Yes, ours will be virtual on Sunday at 2.30, <laughs> May 16th. So it's going to be on the Baypath website, I believe, and the Facebook. And this time it's actually nice. They split up the bachelor's degrees and the master's degrees. Mm. So it'll be a little shorter than usual, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, excellent. Well, excellent. Well, Megan, I wish you success in everything that you do, and I'm sure you're going to find it. Um, and uh, you, you, it's been a pleasure uh, these past 30 minutes to uh, to connect and talk. And uh, thank you for for being open and, and 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 really sharing your information because it definitely will help folks out there. Thank you so much. It was so great to talk with you. Excellent. All right. I'm just gonna.